Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Well, thanks again for finding the Real Estate Sessions here in our little outpost on the web. And, and thank you again for passing the word along about the operation we have. We're, we're getting started. It's great to see the downloads go up and more and more people talking about it. So thanks again for listening. Um, so I'm really excited about today's guest. It's someone that I've had the opportunity to watch present uh, multiple times. He brings incredible information to the membership of the National Association of Realtors. And I'm talking about Nobu Hata, the Director of Member Engagement for NAR. Nobu, thanks and welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Happy to be here, Bill. Thanks for having me. Great. Well, I've got uh, some questions. I always want to find out where people came from, and that's where we're going to start. Now, through our conversations, I know you grew up in Alaska. So, first of all, what's it like to grow up in Alaska? <laughs> what's it like to grow up in Alaska? Well, my wife and I actually are both from there, so it's uh, there's a lot of misnomers that we uh, drive uh, polar bears and dog sleds to school, and there's 30 feet of snow everywhere, which isn't the case. It, it, Alaska's beautiful. The... Uh, the 20 hours of daylight during the summer makes the 20 hours of, of night during the uh, the winter much bearable. But um, it, it's it's a beautiful place. It, it is as scenic as one would think. Uh, wildlife is everywhere, and uh, the quality of life is is fantastic. It, it's it's one of those places where you don't really really appreciate it until you're until you're gone from it. Right, and you you went to school there. Um... Right, and you also began your real estate career in Alaska. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I uh, I was a sophomore in high school when my parents caught me making fake IDs and parking passes uh, on uh, on their uh, their uh, uh, printing rigs that my uh, that my dad had. My dad was one of the first digital printers, kind of before Kinkos, um, in the in the country, uh, working with the government and uh, selling stuff for Xerox and uh, he told me to go get a job, use my powers for good. There was a real estate brokerage that was starting to go online and uh, that was the, my first summer in real estate. Uh, it was when the MLS books were still a thing and uh, the rest is kind of history from there. So what, what, what's our time frame we're talking about here? How long were you there and what sort of, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of, it was a real estate brokerage but how long were you there? It was an independent brokerage. Um, they uh, right around the time that everything started to go online, um, a, a bunch of, of, of major franchises from the lower 48, as we call it, started to come up. So Remax, Cobalt Banker, all these guys started to come up, started buying out all these independent brokerages. Yeah. And it was that some sophomore year in uh, in high school for me that um, a lot of the the top agents. And Alaska, with these franchises, jumped ship and went to this independent brokerage that that I ended up working with. And um, man, it was it was just crazy from there. Uh, real estate was um, in the mid uh, in the late '90s and into the 2000s was just going like gangbusters because of oil and oil development. Alaska is very uh, uh, kind of cliche for that, but uh, it is it is a it's a very real part of their industry, and that affects real estate. And that's that was my first year in in, in real estate in the late '90s. Now, did you get licensed there in Alaska and uh, stay with that company and, and actually sell? No, I was I was too young. Uh, I was doing a lot of development work, marketing work. So I was the guy designing websites. I was the guy designing um, real estate marketing pieces on print, um, newspaper editorials, things like that. Um, I went to school for that at the University of Alaska up there, and um, it, it was 
you know, until I got old enough to sell, uh, the only thing I could do was the design stuff, and it was a lot of fun. And then you uh, left Alaska and came down south, we'll call it, to Minnesota. What was the, uh, what what drove you in that direction? What was the uh, change there that made that happen? Well, I was I, I, uh, I was going through California and Washington State, and uh, it, it 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 was right around the time that everything was kind of um, petering out with the market. It was just unsustainable growth, and I, th I thought that hey, I'm going to get out of it. I met a girl. Uh, we both she was in D.C. at the time. It's now my wife, and we both decided that we wanted to uh, meet in the middle somewhere and. A lot of my college buddies were um, were were Minnesotans, and I would go spend this spend the, spend the summers down there with them. And the quality of life down there was a lot like the quality of life in in Minnesota. And we just kind of picked it, and uh, that's where I really kind of took off in the in the realtor end of my career uh, for almost eight years. And that's where you joined the Diner Realty, correct? Yes. And yes. That is in Minnesota. Their number one. That's a big company, correct? Yeah, big home services company, which is kind of a sea change with the way I, um, I was used to working. You know, going from an independent field, I should say independent corporate field, to a bigger uh, actual corporate corporate field, which um, uh, it was a it was it was an eye opening change for me. Well, let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let's um, let's let's explore. I'm sure there had to be advantages and disadvantages to have you know it, to being part of a, a national you know organization. I guess we'll call it so. Let's talk about the advantages first. What what uh, what really went well? Where you went? This this makes sense. This is great. Well, you know what it was. It was um, I, it wasn't necessarily a disadvantage or advantage of the brokerage because I think you make your own advantages, okay. no matter how you choose to work. And and knowing real estate the way I did, I was able to kind of figure out what my disadvantages and advantages were. And what I realized was that I was moving to a market that was very insulated. Um, there are a lot of folks who. Uh, you know, bless bless Minnesota for this, but you're able to to grow up, go to college, have a family, and get a really good job um, without having to leave your hometown. I mean, we're talking like Target, Best Buy, 3M. We're talking you know Fortune 500 companies. And what I needed was a um, my my major disadvantage was the fact that I while I had a strong personal brand um, that was had yet to come out, I needed a, a a stronger company brand to augment it to help me get on my feet. Um, what I noticed more than anything was that when I would search things, and this is before Google, um, search real estate on Realtor.com, uh, which was kind of the ridge back then, and then everything else online, what I noticed was that the company had uh, started to spend a lot more time and money on the online space where I kind of knew where things were going. And um, I thought that that was the best way to kind of get my feet wet into the local real estate market got on my feet really quickly and, and, it, and, and it was a collaborative affair and it, it worked out really, really well. So that I would say the advantage uh, that they had kind of uh, made up for the disadvantage that I had. Yeah. So the knowledge you brought with you from, you know, your sophomore year in high school on you know, that, that technology site that you were working on in Alaska, I'm sure that had to be uh, welcomed <laughs> into the office that you were working in. Is that, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, uh, I found uh, another advantage, if you can call it that, was that there was an office um, it, within that system that was kind of the black sheep, kind of like I, the way I felt. So I, I joined that office, and and um, and they realized pretty quickly that I had a knack for the marketing end of things, the design end of things, and and you know the real estate stuff was 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 super easy to to to, to kind of jump up and get on my feet with, and. Um, yeah, it was. It, it, we took like gangbusters to each other, and it ended up working out really well. Very good, um, 
very good kind of relationship that I had with everybody. And then I, I very quickly gained favor with a lot of the corporate uh, folks. Uh, to this day, the Peltiers are, are still, you know, really awesome people that I that I bounce questions off of. And the corporate folks there are some of the smartest that I've met, um, even to this day when I go around the country and see them. That's great. So you're, um, you're, you are a joiner of organization. And you, I, I, you know, I always look at people that do that and, and um, applaud them for be- becoming involved, let's say, right? I think that so many of us, and I, I was, I, I kind of put myself in the same position. I don't join things as fast and as readily as I should. So let's, I want to talk about that part of you. And um, I mean, you became not only involved in, you know, the local board, but you're in the MLS and you're doing these things. You had to be one of the younger people in those groups. Am I correct on that uh, assessment? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, in general, Minnesota is a very – I realized quickly after the fact that Minnesota was a, a very progressive when it came to, you know, the MLS committee end of things. And um, I, I got to say, though, before that, I wasn't a joiner. I, I didn't understand how getting involved made me any money. Um, what I what I always had, though, was the, the – I was always questioning authority and questioning the reasons why things were happening the way they were. And uh, too many people, instead of uh, doing something about the questions that they've get, you know, they'll they'll they'll, you know, sitting around and talking about it amongst themselves. I I, would, I chose to go out and do something about it, and I didn't have anything to lose. I didn't I didn't have any poli- political endeavors. I didn't have any any legacy to 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 hold on to. Um, just the questions: Why? Why were things happening the way they were? Especially kind of uh, during the mid 2000s, when kind of when Google and the portal started to amp up their wars and all those other things that were happening out there. I just wanted to get my questions answered. And my AE, uh, Mark Allen, who is uh, now working for Realtor.com, was the guy that said, "You're kind of a pain, uh, but if you have a commitment for, for some change, we'd love to have you." And that was kind of the the, the day that I went, "Oh, this is this is kind of cool being involved in." What is kind of the bigger picture of organized real estate, both at the state, local, and national level? Right, and I uh, obviously it serves you well even today that you decided to do those things back in 2005. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it was a good decision, I think, uh, uh, then, and, and it's looking even better now. Right. So you're also one of the founding members of the Minnesota Area Association of Realtors (YPN). That was like an 08 or 09, something like that. Yeah. And, and uh, was that just getting up and rolling nationally at that time, or was Minnesota just kind of later to that game? And let's talk about no, yeah, uh, Minneapolis had, uh, which is my which is my local association uh, affiliated with Minnesota, um, had a lot of young-ish staff members there that um, that really kind of drove it. And you know, I really didn't understand what YPN was. Um, I always thought that the thirty under thirty thing, which was which was what it was born from, was kind of like a popularity contest, and I wasn't. You know that you know, it wasn't that wasn't my cup of tea, but um, what I realized pretty quickly was that it you know it was there, there's there's a community and or undercurrent of people who have at least felt as if they were they were um, you know a set apart from the association and and uh, those were I thought were there were more people like me just out there floating around just you know who could do a lot of good they just didn't know that they can and. Uh, we realized pretty quickly that just by sticking your neck out, taking a risk, and 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 doing things cool for all members, young or old. I hate that word, old. It's a very polarizing season. Also, I'll say. Okay. Um, I like that word. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, 
this is a this is a business where we're all going to have to float each other's boats and. Uh, you know, the YPN was uh, one of those first uh, organizations that I, I could say that, you know, this is for all members and for the future of the industry rather than, you know, one group. It was, it's, it's fun. And to this day, you know, the, those guys, um, those guys are, are, and gals are really, really, uh, uh, you know, doing a lot of really good work around the country. I'm sure there's a soft spot in your heart as you travel around the country with NAR for the YPN organizations that you, that you end up in, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see folks who I talked to, you know, four or five years ago, you know, about this, you know, being involved and 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 the the you know looking beyond you know local and and, and national politics and, and making something of 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 your um, of your career beyond sales is a cool thing. And seeing those folks become you know state and local presidents and their their committee leaders and you know or, or they're working outside of the industry. Um, or outside of the the sales and the industry with with our various partners, it's just it's a really cool thing to see, you know, folks who have really kind of a a, a an unbiased, very uh, collaborative way of doing business and 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 um, you know making kind of good in real estate happen for every aspect. I want to I want to come back to the MLS committee real quick. I know you served on that and. You know, you said you were there right at that time. Portals were happening, syndication, all this stuff was just flying around. So you, you joined your first committee to serve uh, on the MLS. What what surprised you as you became involved and you kind of figured out, you know, what was happening? You know, and and, and I'm gonna I'll paint a broad stroke. So maybe not you know focus too much on Minneapolis or, or anything. But I think a lot of the MLS stuff. It's it's um, I was surprised at at how much a decision that was made 10, 15 years ago, kind of these legacy decisions, legacy issues, can affect people's thinking um, in the present day. In a, in a time when um, in a time when technology and consumer trends and economic currents are changing daily, to have a conversation about what happened in 1995 really kind of drove me crazy. And you know, it, 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 luckily there's folks you know, all over the country, kind of, you know, looking beyond that now. But I, I, I look at today, right? Um, in 2007, Steve Jobs said that the stylus is the best, or the pe your finger is the best stylus that you will ever have for your phone or your iPad. And now I, uh, Apple just released a $200 stylus for a for their iPads that's going to sell out in droves, right? Because it's the way Apple works. Right. You know, p things are changing, and um, I was just shocked at 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 what happened yesterday was influencing the the the, the daily uh, the lives of so many people, and that was the conversations that we had. It was how do we get beyond that, and um, you know, give Minnesota credit, and and there's a lot of other organizations that are doing it as well. That they are going, okay, we we have this is what we've got. How do we move beyond today's issues and talk about tomorrow's issues instead? All right. So um, that's the thing that shocked me the most. Yeah, that's. Um... I think that's just a part, like you said, a part of the uh, culture that's you know slowly changing over time. I've I've only been in the business 15 years myself, uh, you know, as an affiliate, and you're seeing it happen, which is all good. Um, yeah, yeah, it, but it, it, like you said, things are changing, and um, you know, there's a willingness for folks to to stick their neck out on the line or or do something, uh, you know, quote unquote risky. You know, in a time where where you know this business, this industry, really kind of needs to to you know, do something really cool, <laughs> and don't be afraid of that word. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, let's talk about your transition to NAR. You obviously were on their radar. You, you were very active in YPN. Uh, I know, I think I presented with you on a panel at uh, AAR's annual conference in Anaheim a few years ago. So yep. you knew about you. How did that, uh, how'd that come about where they asked you to join the team? Well, my predecessor um, had left and gone to gone to work for a portal, and and uh, his then boss, who would end up being my boss, Pamela Kabadi, again, one of the smartest people in real estate I've ever met, um, pulled me over at a at a at, at a mid year conference in D.C. in in 2008 or 2009 or something like that, or I can't remember really what it was, 2011 or yeah, 2011, and asked me, hey, who should be the the person that could that would or could take over for for Todd, and I said I think it's it's time for somebody who knows how to speak the language, somebody who who is um, uh, has sold at who is on the street, and the street is both online and off, um, and someone who can speak to realtors. I thought I told her I go I could it could even be a, a volunteer position. I think somebody you know um, every year could be chosen that could be the kind of online kind of brand ambassador. That that the uh, that NAR needed um, uh, to kind of to kind of get their feet dirty and their hands uh, uh, to get their their to get kind of up to their necks in, in what is kind of the uh, kind of a hairy online space yeah. and offline space for that matter um, and it was a uh, it was kind of it's gonna kind of snowball from there I was like hey I'd be interested in it if if it ever came to that and and it, things took off like crazy from there. Didn't take long after that conversation, I'm sure. No, no, it was it, it was an honor to be asked, and um, and an even bigger honor to to be uh, to be to be chosen to represent all the all the members online and off. So you're, I, I'm sure that you travel a lot in your role. Am I correct? Yes. So let's uh, for the members listening. What's your what does your typical month look like uh, in your role as director of member engagement? How many days? Well, that you've yeah, seen? well. I think for more than anything, it, it, what I told uh, uh, you know everybody at, at, at NAR, I'm part of the communications group at NAR, is that there there really are multiple buckets that that make up our members, right? You have the very involved people, you've got the newbies, you've got the the online influencers, and you've got a lot of offline folks. And and the, the trick is to be able to to influence all of these different groups. And uh, you know, luckily I was able to do things like that. Um, being a former agent and you know former broker insider kind of thing, I thought it was uh, the opportunity to have somebody uh, be able to kind of relay um, wants and needs and and messaging tricks to uh, to every association, not only NAR but state and locals as well, um, so they can communicate better the things that they are doing, which are everyday awesome things, back to the membership. Is something that I um, that I endeavor to do all the time. So I, you know, whether it's online or off, it's it's this constant current back and forth and feedback loop of, of things that we're doing. So um, I'll kind of straddle that online and offline um, role by going out and speaking to members in person, speaking to them online, you know, bringing them um, assets that they are and locals and states are states are doing for them along with strategy. I'm doing a lot of strategy with the various departments at NAR. Um, one of the few people that kind of overlap um, uh, everybody and kind of I get brought in for you know consultations and things like that when we decide to um, you know do something cool or with the LT decides to do something cool that we need to get down to the members. How do we do it? How do we partner up with local and state associations to get that done? 
Um, next year is the Realtor Centennials, the 100 year anniversary of the Realtor brand. And um, there are really cool things that are in the works for that. And how do we get folks to embrace it and to run with it? And uh, it, it's, 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 it's ne never a, um, it's never a, uh, a, a sitting in a, in a cube kind of day for me. It's always doing something busy. I, I love the, the feeling of busy work and this, this position allows me to do that really, really well. You really are, you are the pipeline um, out, you know, for, for, the, for the management and the leadership at NAR that they don't have that opportunity to um, really listen to what members are saying. You're one of the key people that are bringing that message to them. Yeah, well, there are actually a couple of us that, that are out there, you know, various departments within NAR, you know, they're, they're, you know, the legal folks talk to the legal people at, at, at various channels and the, the, uh, the association execs, you know, their staffers for that, there's, you know, leadership uh, development, there, there are very few that kind of overlap and, and kind of jump in all of these other buckets and I, I think I, I prided myself when I was an agent in the volunteer leadership end of things as being a connector and uh, I, I kind of take that you know, being a connector mindset um, throughout all the, uh, the the whole organization, both in Chicago and in DC. Well, let's let's talk about uh, what what you do out in the field. I've, uh, like I said, I've had the opportunity to see you present multiple times, uh, especially at the uh, Arizona Association of Realtor conferences. You come in uh, on a pretty regular basis, and you talk a lot about well, the connecting is important, but you also talk about engagement and, and how we engage and how realtors. Um, need to kind of think about themselves and give us, you know, a little bit of that conversation here for, for the agents listening, you know, talk about a couple of those key points that I know you're passionate about. Yeah. I, I, you know, for me, the, the funniest part about, uh, about not selling every day is that I'm, I'm, I'm now a real estate consumer. So, um, you know, now that I now that I see things from kind of an arm's length, it's it's just amazing to me the the, the glaring things that 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 agents and brokers could be doing very cool on the engagement end of things, um, and really you know the the days of one size fits all strategies are over, especially when it comes to consumers. You know they're much more engaged with the market longer and longer out. I mean years in advance sometimes, especially as the as as a market. Uh, you know, gets so competitive inventory-wise. Um, you know, individual uh, real estate experiences need to be uh, to need to be realized, um, and that first contact for a professional now is online, right? So really, the engagement part begins with shutting up. You know, realtors talk too much. You know, we're we're we we need to start uh, giving people trustworthy advice that they don't know how to Google. I mean, you know, what we what I see on Google, I know it makes up one percent of what an average agent does every day. But you know, we have a hard time showing it off as an industry. Show off what you do beyond three bedrooms, two baths, two car garage. Um, and and at the end of the day, this really it's a business about attracting buyers and sellers. You know, it, it there is no industry right now that is going to survive when you make people feel as if they are forced to, to use you rather than want to use you. And at the end of the day, that's kind of that mindset that needs to be adapted on the engagement thing. You know, don't be a salesy guy all the time. Be, be the person that is willing to have a conversation about real estate with people who frankly have no idea how real estate works. And we do that while building trust. Um, we're going to be okay. But frankly, you know, the first rule of engagement is, is just shutting up and listening more. <laughs> You know, it's amazing you say that. Last week's podcast, we had Jeff Turner on, and Jeff's uh, 
Jeff, I asked for one thing, you know, that a realtor can do to make themselves better. And Jeff's answer was listen better. So it absolutely ties into what you're saying today. Yeah, I mean, the engagement thing is two different two different ways yeah. of, of looking at it. I mean, I look at most agents' websites. It's like, if I loved that agent, why are you making it so hard for me just to give you a referral? I mean, it, it, the presence online for a lot of people out there is sell, 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 and that just isn't the way people think nowadays. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so glaring now as as, a, as somebody who is not in the, uh, the sales end of things anymore. And that's something that I relate to my wife now. She's a she's a realtor in Chicago. I said, you know, just take your business acumen where she listened to people all the time. You take that into your business, and you're going to be a okay. Excellent. But tell me uh, at your presentations, you, you talk to a lot of different members and is, is there some topic, is there, are there questions that always come up? There's got to be something that's a common theme for everyone. Yeah, everybody. I don't care where they are. I mean, it, 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 whether you're a top producer, you're a new agent or you're an up and comer or anything like that, the, the, the constant search for a magic bullet that does everything for you. Like, how do I? The question I always get is, how do I? I'm like, you shouldn't be asking yourself this because you're never going to be able to answer that question for yourself. There's nothing I can do to answer your question for you. You need to figure it out, right? You need to you need to come up with you need to come with come up with uh, with good business metrics to let you know how successful your processes are. And if you if they're not successful, ditch it, right? Um, but the question that I always get is how 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 instead of you know why, you know. Go out and talk to your clients. Go out and talk to the people that, that you've made happy. And, and, and instead of asking me, ask them how you can do better. <laughs> ask them how you can go out and, and be a better service to their friends and their family because those are the first, first people that are going to give you those referrals. Um, spend more time with the people that made you happy instead of folks that, uh, that are, that, that are you know, you're trying to be, derive your businesses from and you're going to be okay. Yeah, we've... We've, we've kind of covered that. Just one question I really wanted to ask you, and I think we've kind of covered it in the last two, and it, it really is, you know, what are the biggest mistakes that you see being made by members of Omar? And I think I think you've kind of laid it out, right? It's 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 not paying attention to what what the consumer wants. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I think it, the whole idea about what the Internet is in general now, I can pretty much get, uh, as an industry, get an idea of, of how realtors work. Uh, uh, up until a certain extent, like again, that one percent of what agents do is exhibited online. It's I could show you a house through bedrooms, two baths, two car garage. Be, der be being too derivative in this business is the thing that's going to kill people the most. It's like you it, you hear about one person having one success story doing something, and you have a glom of people try all trying it for a week, and it doesn't work because they didn't commit to it, um, and they try to do something that that that, that frankly will not work for them. Um, Differentiating is where we need to be. You know, differentiate not from each other, um, but from what's online. That's that first point of contact with people. Compete against the online folks uh, more than anything, right? Compete against what is being shown there. Do things differently online, and you're going to reap the rewards offline. Um, and embrace the fact that real estate is hard. Everyone is searching for that easy button which isn't going to exist. If real estate was easy, everyone would be successful at it. And frankly, this isn't the case. So, you know, search out the things that make you uncomfortable and embrace the things that will bring more money to your pocket. And that is, you know, treating people like people and, and giving, the, giving them the things that they need. 
You know, we focused uh, most of this conversation on, on digital strategies and online strategies. But I, I've noticed a lot lately, a lot of people, and especially in teams, going back to some old school strategies and killing it in numbers of transactions and those sorts of metrics by doing old fashioned things like getting on the phone and working business and working open houses in a new way. Uh, have you, I'm sure you've seen that around the country in your, in your travels and your engagement. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it's funny when I see a you know twenty-two or twenty-three-year-old agent come up to me and say, "I'm doing something kind of old or doing something new school. I am knocking on doors." I'm like, "Hey, you know that's how we used to do it back in the '90s, bro." You know, <laughs> it's it's just it's super funny that way. But yeah, I think um, it, this is a this is a not only a people business, but this is an offline business, and everything that you should be doing as an agent should be bringing people out in the real world instead of letting them hide behind their computers until they're until they're ready. Um, when people are ready, it's usually too late. So the trick in, in this business now is to is to get them offline, and uh, you know they start doing things like that. You know that's the, that's the key. Uh, so you're seeing teams now do this. They're figuring out like disk assessments. That's it's insane that that <laughs> folks are doing disk assessments and figuring out you know the, what are the cogs that that go uh, fit into my business and how do I find people that can that can fill those needs um, and finding those people that are better at you. Um, at a certain thing, like picking up the phone, than you are. You know, if people are just afraid of, of rejection. Um, there are folks that thrive on it. Find that person to, to answer those phone calls for you and to make those phone calls, and you're going to be okay. Stop being a master of everything, you know, and, and try being a master of one thing and, and mastering the, 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 the ability to find people who can help you in your business. Well, I, I've taken a lot of your time here, Nobu, and I'm going to share with the audience something that I can't believe you, you you were able to help us today, that you're actually in Hawaii. And Nobu, why are you in Hawaii right now doing this podcast? It is my anniversary with my wife. My wife uh, is staring at me right now, waiting for us to go hiking through the jungle here in Hawaii. Uh, and that's where I'm going right after I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> All right. One last question. I have I ask everyone the same question. It's a goofy kind of cliche type question, but you have one piece of advice you can give agents to help them with their business. One thing, what what is it? Have a plan. Have a plan not only for yourself and for your marketing, but have a plan that, that gets clients, both past, present, and future, out in the real world as soon as humanly possible, um, and collaborate better. Um, folks like you, uh, you know, outside of the sales end of things, but in the title end of things, you're integral to my business, yet we don't use you enough, you know, other than trying to get you, you know, try to get some money out of a golf uh, golf outing from you. You know, there's there's stuff that you have locked up in your brain that can help us and vice versa. Um, learning how to collaborate for a better process is going to be uh, the key to success in this business. Well, Nobu, thank you so much for joining us uh, here on uh, actually episode eight of the, the, Real Estate, the Real Estate Sessions. I hope we can have you back on in the future. You're amazing to talk to. Uh, and once again, for anyone listening, if you have a chance to see Nobu and you're part of the country, please go out and see him. So thank you again for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us on uh, the Real Estate Sessions. And remember, every Tuesday morning, we uh, publish a new episode. And if you've got any suggestions for people you'd like to hear on the Real Estate Sessions, send them to me. BillRisser at gmail.com is the easiest way. That's BillRisser at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. 
Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about the Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.